gathered here today in the presence of God and family, loved ones, friends, and neighbors and brothers and sisters in Christ to mourn the passing and to celebrate the living of Mr. Lester Lee Snow, age 86. He was born on September 12th in 1933, which was Rosenberg, Texas. He passed on from life of this dimension to the next on December 11th this year in Fort Worth, Texas. Lester was a son of Leighton E. and Opal Ross Snow. He was raised in Garwood, Texas and served in the U.S. Navy on a submarine where he did classified tours. Lester earned a degree from Tarleton State University and went to Southwestern Assemblies of God, now University, in Waxahachie, Texas, where he met his first wife, Barbara Joyce Snow, and together they raised two children. Over the years of their marriage, Joyce developed multiple sclerosis in 1974, and Lester remained faithfully by her side for almost 30 years until she passed in 2003. After Joyce's passing, Lester remarried and is survived by his wife, Mrs. Florida Snow. A son and a daughter, nine grandchildren and five great-grandchildren. His son, Terrence Snow, and mother of his children, Ingvild, have five children and one adopted daughter. Wayne, Christian, Elizabeth, Samuel, Ethan Paul, and their adopted daughter, Wilna Jean. Lester survived also by his daughter, Shelley Jean Snow Nettles, and her husband, Freeman, and their three children, Rebecca, Caleb, and April, and five great grandchildren. One of Lester's passions was teaching. He was known as a beloved teacher of biology and chemistry in the local high school. He also taught Bible school in his church. Lester later took a job at the Miller Brewery as a head chemist until his retirement in 1988. Mr. Snow enjoyed fishing with his children and was an avid gardener. He had a wonderful and full life and he will be greatly missed by his wife, children, and grandchildren. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would use this service as an instrument of mercy and healing and comfort to those who are hurting the most today. In Jesus' name, we ask for your blessing. Amen.
like these we draw comfort from the scriptures in your funeral folder is the Lord's Prayer which comes from the scriptures 
Often in these folders you see Psalm 23 and other comforting scriptures. A comforting scripture that comes to mind and was suggested by Lester's daughter Shelley comes from 1 Corinthians 13. It says, verse 12, Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Some things in life don't make sense, but one day they will. Suppose you had gone to the wrong house. You'd received directions and, and your GPS led you astray or the numbers got mixed up and you went to the wrong house and you knocked on the door and you were sure, confident, excited that you were at the right place only to discover you were at the wrong place. Would you stand there and argue with the wrong homeowner that you were at the right place? Would you barge your way into the house? No, you wouldn't. You would go and look somewhere else. So today, we do not need to continue knocking on the door of the house called Why. We don't know why everything happens like it does. We're knocking on the wrong door, folks. We need to run to the door of the Tower of Trust. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Run to the right place. Trusting in the Lord when we don't have answers is the solution. The context of this verse, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know as I am known, is a subject of love. He had began earlier in the chapter by saying, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. One translation says, keeps no records of wrongs, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yes, even those things we don't understand. And even though now we don't see clearly, we look in a mirror that is tarnished, we're looking through a glass darkly, we have love. Love never fails. He ends a chapter with the words, now abide faith, hope, love. These three and the greatest of these is love. I pray that we take from this service today the lessons and memories that you have of Lester out of being a man that loved his family, loved his country, loved his church, loved his God, loved his vegetables and fruits, loved his house, his grandchildren, and those great-grandchildren. We have love. While we don't have all the answers, we know the answer is love, and we have that now. May God enable all of us to rejoice in the reality of that. As we listen to the Lord's Prayer, make it your prayer today to seek His face. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be, hallowed be 
thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine. stories to hopefully from the son's point of view let you see and celebrate his life who he was 
I remember when I was real young, my, my dad and his passion for teaching. I was only in first, second grade, but he was teaching at Pasco High School. And um, he would ready the test. He had this old typewriter. He would come up and he would work all night getting the test ready. Um, well, all night, as late as I was up. And uh, he was a passionate teacher. He loved teaching. When he went to Miller's Brewery, he didn't give up that passion to teach. He actually continued teaching in, in, in uh, Sunday school classes in Christian Temple, which was our church at the time. And, and then uh, when we moved to Granbury, uh, he continued as uh, he was a part of the founding of uh, Faith Assembly of God right here in Granbury. He and my grandfather, uh, Wayne Hatcher, worked together with my mother and my grandmother and me and Shelly were the youth group. We, we began in a living room and it grew and grew until what it is today, still going on there in, um, in Granbury Faith Assembly of God. He taught Sunday school throughout all of his times and I can remember times every Sunday, he's up early in the morning going over his lessons, passionately getting ready. He loved it, he just absolutely had a passion to teach. And I want you to know that, that because some of you may not be aware of that passion. I also remember him when my sister got sick, Shelly. Shelly got pneumonia when she was very young. She almost died. He was a man who sought God. He called for prayer. He prayed. He stayed with her. Unfortunately, today, Shelly's not here just so you know, she's uh, in Florida due to illness. She could not come. But he loved Shelly so much. And I remember one, one thing that made me so proud of him was uh, at Christian Temple, actually after we sang that song, uh, not the Lord's Prayer, but the one before that, it is well with my soul. He stood up and gave a testimony of God's faithfulness in healing Shelley, giving God the glory for that. Little things that many of you never knew, those are the things I, I wanna share with you. He went to work with Miller's Brewing Company and he did that, he left his passion to teach because he wanted to be a better provider for his family. But even there at Miller's Brewing Company, he was passionate about what he did. He would come home so excited telling his kids, uh, me and Shelley, what, what he was doing today. And I remember him taking me to Miller's Brewery Company and showing me how he gives a computer a shot. <laughs> he was involved in quality control. And he would take a beer can, sh shoot it, and, and then stick it in a computer and give him a readout. And he told me, it tell me everything that's in the beer can. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> As a kid, I just thought he was fascinating and how, how incredibly smart he was. And, uh, one of his coworkers is here today and he was just sharing with me that he was loved there at Miller's Brewery Company and I don't doubt that one minute. He also loved fishing. And fishing was a passion for him, especially this one summer when he got the fishing bug like I've never seen before. He would wake me up before dawn, get me dragged out of the bed. I was on the boat half asleep, 
trying to get to the fishing hole. We get to the fishing hole and the fish, he knew exactly, he did his research, he knew exactly where the fish were and they start biting. And he, they would start biting so fast, we'd just have to catch them, take them off the hook, throw them in the boat and, and throw out there again. They were biting so fast. I remember him to this day, <laughs> reeling as fast as he could reel, just enjoying life. And he loved it so much, he would do that every weekend and finally he took a whole vacation. I think it was one, it might've been two weeks vacation. And for two weeks, I didn't get to sleep because he was passionately wanting to catch more fish. We had so much fish, we had no more freezer. I, I'm not sure he might've bought a freezer just to keep all the fish he was catching. Little things about that. He also took me out go uh, goose hunting one time down in Garwood and told me the stories of Garwood and how he grew up there and showed me the rice mill and the dryer factory and how he used to do this and how he used to do that. He loved the rice fields. He loved that area. He loved to go down there every chance he got. And I know Billy Earl, if he would have been able to be here today, he would have something to say as well. He was greatly loved. One thing that was incredible too, that me and my sister both talked about was his faithfulness to Barbara Joyce Snow, our mother. I was 10 years old when she developed multiple sclerosis. And uh, I remember when he first found out about it, he was put together, he put action to his desire to see his wife healed. By using his chemistry and his biology, he started doing his own research, testing water, testing ground, testing everything around the house, trying to figure out how in the world did his wife get multiple sclerosis. He was passionate about doing that for numbers and numbers of years. But even when he couldn't figure out the answer, he just stayed by her side for 30 years. 30 years, he stayed by her side, took care of her, made sure she was tended to. It wasn't easy. He would spend long hours at work. I can only imagine the pain he was going through. As all of us watched our mother succumb to multiple sclerosis. I also remember those hard talks. I remember two distinctive hard talks he gave me. You know, those father, son, you better be careful kind of talks. I won't share what they are. That's between me and him. <laughs> some of the family knows some of it. But the thing that my dad had for him was when he finished those talks, I always felt loved. I always felt his compassion, his grace, his mercy. I'll tell you this one. When I was in a rebellious stage, I was involved in a little incident that put me in jail overnight. I wasn't proud about it. But my dad, Lester Snow, worked all night to figure out how to get me out of jail as fast as possible. At about five or six o'clock in the morning, he showed up with a special order from a judge. I have no idea how he did that allowing me to be released right away because I had to get back to school in Dallas. He got me out of jail, helped me through those hard times, those 
difficult times. And I remember on the whole way to Dallas, he didn't say a word to me. It was only later he told me, he says, when I saw you come out, I didn't feel like a word needed to be said. You just needed love. I just kept my mouth quiet. I was so sad for you. My dad was so compassionate, so kind, so merciful. He also, something that some people don't know about, after he retired from Miller's Brewing Company, he actually started working for a homeless shelter in, in Fort Worth. In that homeless shelter, he served them with computer assistance, built computers for them. Did, oh man, he did so many things to help the homeless. That's just the man he was. He was very compassionate. He wanted to help others. He always wanted to help others. In his final days, I can say they were very special to me. Even though dementia began to affect him, I, I was able to talk to him and jog some memories and he could remember things of old better than he could remember. He might ask my name twice, but he could remember Garwood. He could remember the submarines when he was in the Navy. In fact, he said to me, he says, I guess I can tell you about my submarine stories now. They, they made me swear not to tell anything about any of the stories. So I didn't. We never heard anything about it growing up. But he says, now they're making movies about it, so I guess I can talk about it. <laughs> so he shared with me some of his stories. I was fascinated, sitting there listening to him. It was like the dimension just disappeared and he would just be in it, telling me the story of the things he did in the submarine and how he, how he made it there. And I was fascinated how, first of all, being a little claustrophobic, how he survived the submarine. That was just fascinating alone. And he was, no problem, no problem. It was, he enjoyed the Navy, he really did. He enjoyed the Navy. And then talking about stories of Garwood, talking about stories of growing up, talking about the relatives, remembering the relatives, pulling out old books, looking through things. I don't know what else to say, so I'm just gonna end there, but his life was worth celebrating. It, he was a good man. He was my father. Thank you. Amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was, was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now. I see was grace 
that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears really how precious did that I first Mr. Lester Lee Snow's remains, but not his fruits. Today, we will bury his voice, but not his words. Today, we will lay his hardworking hands to rest, but not his works. Today, we will rest this citizen's feet, but not his walk. Today, we will cover this dear saint's heart, but not his legacy. Today, we will depart from this sailor's earth suit, but not his victories. Today, we will say goodbye, but not for long.
For one day soon the Bible says that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. How are the dead raised? 1 Corinthians 15 compares that to a question, how does a seed bring life? The body that becomes is not the body that was sown. And the body that is sown is not the body that shall become. But one day we know we will know. In the meantime, we have our faith in Christ, who's the first fruits of the great resurrection. He conquered death for us. History records there was a man named Jesus who was executed, who was buried in a tomb that was guarded by Romans, and yet that tomb is empty. The mystery stands to this day what happened to the body, and yet his followers have testified from then until now that he conquered death and proved himself alive for 40 days before ascended to heaven. There's the transformation of the lives of his followers who were in hiding at the time of his death. There is no way they had the courage to pull off a face resurrection. There's the integrity of his enemies who made sure there could be no fake resurrection because they wanted to end Christ's influence. And to their dismay, their efforts to prevent it only actually proved it. There's a transformation of his family. Plenty of people will cause people to follow them, but your family won't follow you if, if, if they know you're not real. Uh, prophets are honored everywhere except at home, Jesus said, and yet his family also became his followers, some of whom died torturous deaths testifying to the fact of his resurrection. There's the transformation of the Roman Empire that had for three plus centuries attempted to disprove the story of the resurrection. And finally, they embraced it. Embraced it so much to the point that they made Christianity the state church. I'm sure it was a relief to the Christians at the time who were getting slain by the thousands. But over the centuries, it became not a good thing when you mix uh, dictatorships with religion. But the fact is the resurrection happened and there's the stamping, the engraving of human history that is observed to this very day. For in the whole world, we are in the year AD 2019. AD is Anno Domino, which means the time of the Lord's reign. Domino relates to dominate or to reigning or leading. Anno relates to time or annual. From the time of the Lord's life until now, it has been 2,019 years. Oh, I know secular, secular textbooks are not calling it CE, common era, but the question to ask them is why is it only 2019? Because of the resurrection. And so that fact gives us hope that we will see Lester again. The question for us today is, are we ready to meet the Lord? Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, if anyone here is not ready to meet you, 
not ready at the time of their passing to be reunited with Lester, I pray, Lord, that you would set that person on a quest to research the story of the resurrection for themselves, to come to the place of saving faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, a conclusion, we pray according to the words of your brother Jude, who wrote, Now to him who is able to keep you from falling, from stumbling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Father, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God Discloses empty walks with me, empty talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we take. Oh
doing today? Thank you, Florida, for years of devotion to your husband. And even before you were married, years of devotion to Mrs. Snow. Who knew what was going to happen after all of that? Thank you so much for your devotion to the Snow family. God bless you. We honor you today. 1 Corinthians 15 says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most miserable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ first and afterward those who belong to Christ when he returns. Some will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. For what you sow, you do not sow the body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other seed. But God gives it a body as he pleases. To each seed, its own body. So our bodies are sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Lester Lee's Snow's natural body is being sown today. It shall be raised an immortal, spiritual, celestial body. So where do we go from here? He ends the chapter with these words. This is our challenge to us today. Therefore, my beloved brethren and sistren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So there's four things for us to do. One is be steadfast. Keep on living. Keep on being faithful at what you are called to do. Keep on loving others, loving your family, continuing the legacy that Lester began and the legacy that he continued. Number two, be immovable. That's that's another way to another way of underlining the word steadfast. Just don't get off course. Continue being faithful. Number three, always abound in the Lord's work. Seek to do what He calls you to do and do it well. And do it more. And increase His fruitfulness. And number four, know that if you do these things, it's not in vain in the Lord. For one day soon, resurrection is coming. And we will all be rewarded. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the example of people like Lester Lee Snow. Thank you, Lord, for their love for you and their love for their fellow man and their love for their family. Thank you, Lord, for his love for his family that is here today and those that are not here today. I pray, Lord, you would comfort them, each and every one. Lord, we ask for your blessing upon this day and beyond, Lord, as we face the next chapter of our lives. For your glory, Lord, may we be steadfast, immovable, and abounding in your work, knowing that it's not going to be in vain. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.